Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. New camera angle, Jerry in New York, everything's in flux. Episode 112? I think that's right. Yep, sure. I've been counting the whole time. Yeah, you know. It's very meaningful. I mean, you called me out one time, so that was very impressive. Yeah, well. You were wrong. <laughs> I got to make sure you stay in line. You got to hold me accountable. <laughs> Somebody has to keep you in line because you're supposed to be the the captain steering the ship. And if you're wrong. Yeah, I really give captain vibes, right? That's right. Yeah. Especially with this, this wide Especially angle. Because whenever I come in there, like, make sure we go wide angle yeah, so we exactly. can get his bulk. Exactly. You know, hefty presence right here. <laughs> I'm Jack. That's Jerry. We got plenty of off-season cleanup stuff to talk Jack. about. That's also that you Jack. You can't see. You can't see him. There's his hand, there. and now everything's out of focus. Yep. And everything's ruined. And it's very pale. Jerry, the Phillies <laughs> are two games away from winning the World Series. How do you feel about it? Uh, I still think the Astros are very capable of winning this, mm. but uh, I want the Phillies to win. I know we had a little bit of a chat, and I think we're going to get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm rooting for the Phillies. There's there's a couple of reasons. One, Zach Wheeler is a, a dear friend, and so I'm rooting for him. I like Bryce Harper. My wife and his wife are friends. Like the whole deal, Didn't we played that. together. Former teammates. Um, I like Schwarber. He's an Ohio boy. I mean, we love Schwarber. Yeah, we well, yeah, we love Schwarber the one so that much. Got away. Yep. Um, uh, they're very likable. Center yeah. guards over there, uh, and I. Do not like the Astros. It starts with the fact that they're a dynasty. Yeah. They have built a juggernaut of consecutive really, really good ball clubs. They've been, and you're an underdog guy. I am. And and they're the Yankees from when I was growing up. Mm. You know, the late 90s, mid to late 90s Yankees that won everything were always like, if we don't win the World Series, the Jeter Yankees. If we don't win the World yeah. Series, it's a bust. It's, that's how they are. And so I can't root for that. Give me the underdog. So I'm all Phillies. It's been a rock and a hard place, but I, <laughs> I, I, the more I watch the Phillies, the harder it's not to at least appreciate what's going on between Reese's bat spikes and Zach Wheeler shoving aside from kind of a shaky World Series start. Noah Syndergaard's going to get a start in a couple of days. There's just there, you know, there's traces of former Mets everywhere, and it's tough, obviously. K-Long. But K-Long, K-Long's too. There. K-Long, I think, hasn't won since 09 with the oh, Yanks. How, uh, no, he won with the Nationals in 19. Right, he did. Yep. Never mind. Hey, good catch. Yeah, I mean, aside from all of that, I think it's... The one the one thing Peter Moylan said to me when he was here last week, because he's a Braves fan, I think it's, it's tough for him because, you know, Philly's knocked out the Braves. He said that he likes that the trophy is staying in the NL East, that we're kind of hogging that. it and keeping I, it to yeah, ourselves. Yeah, because it... Proves how good that division is. Yeah, you know, there's we'll go to the Ohio State Michigan thing, which is okay. like everybody wants Ohio or Mich. If you're from Ohio, you hate Michigan. If you're from Michigan, you hate Ohio State. Sure. When Michigan was terrible for so long, it's not good for Ohio State or the Big Ten Conference. So I feel like that way a little bit with the NL East. At least a team that you play regularly. Yeah. That they're not like oh, the NL East is easy. You know. They're terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we caught slack for that, you know, last year, and then Braves went on to win it all. And I mean, I don't think there's any question about what the best division in baseball is going to be after this year if the Phillies wrap it up. But that's even if all they beside don't, the point. Even if they don't, I, I think mean, the NL East, you've got the Mets, the Braves. The Braves are going to be good again. The yeah. Mets are probably going to be good, depending on they're going to have good enough team. Yeah. Depending on where they go 
free agent wise might not be 101 wins but they're they're missing they have a chance to to take a step back depending on what they do Mm. uh the phillies who made it to the world series maybe win um you have sandy alcantara and the the rising marlins maybe maybe and then you have the washington nationals and they're i mean they got their ring they're you know we talked about a three to five year window with 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 uncle stevie um their window might be pushed back a little bit i think so probably like six or seven but again it's the best division in baseball i think you have to agree the the nl west is also very good but the nl east is where it's at took care of them this year yeah, so, I mean, that's the current state of baseball. Obviously, this is a Mets podcast. We won't make it Phillies talk the whole time. Well, I think it's a, from from yeah. the Mets fans. They're probably torn watching the – if they're even watching the World Series. Probably are because yeah. it's a baseball. I think they need therapeutic conversation <laughs> about it, you know, stuff. So. Yeah, it's probably got some weird feelings. Not every Mets Syndergaard fan has and Wheeler. the good head on the shoulders that you have, you know. I think you've rationalized it well. Well, I mean, it's also I I, under, I understand I come from a unique perspective of being a former player and I played on other teams, right. and I still have friends and former teammates that are still playing. So I understand that my viewpoint might be a little bit different than if you're a diehard Mets fan. Yeah. You probably hate the Phillies. Yeah, I uh, I don't love the Phillies. Yeah. I'll say that. I'll so leave it at that. who would if they were in the World Series facing the Phillies? Who would you root for over? What if it were the Yankees? See, that's something I had to think about a lot. Because uh, at the beginning of the ALCS, once game one finished, we kind of knew who was going to win. But it's tough because it would make a lot of people in this office happy. And I got a lot of friends here. And I got family members that are Yankees fans. But at the same time, it's it's the Yankees, man. It's, I know. It's tough. And like, I wouldn't root for the Yankees. I'm sure it would be hard for Yankees fans to root for the Mets. I mean, Jack, I think, is a special anomaly because he's a newer baseball fan or kind of got back into it recently, so he has no problem rooting for the Mets. But for guys that are lifelong Yankees fans, to see the Mets win a World Series is probably tough. But also, if you're in the city, it's good for the city yeah. to have some fun. Yeah. But no, I'm not too hard. Yeah, it would be. Hard. I think it would be arguably. It's about the same as Phillies Astros. I have no joy in kind of quietly, passively rooting for the Astros, and that's kind of <laughs> faded ever since you know these games have taken place. If, but. if they didn't have Dusty Baker, there's that's an easy. Yeah. I, I don't. I want them to lose and, and lose embarrassingly. I wanted Dusty to get his ring, but I kind of feel like he's made some really bad decisions. Well, there World you go. Series. So. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk Mets. Let's talk Mets. There's a there's a there's bits and pieces and crumbs of Mets news, but we also opened up the forum to you guys to ask us some questions because we haven't done a nice little mailbag chat in a while. Uh, we'll run through the news really quick though. The Gold Glove Awards were announced uh, unceremoniously on a Tuesday afternoon for some reason. Don't what really a, know why. What a bad PR move. What are we doing? You're you're like, this is a prestigious award. You get the cool. You know, Rawlings gold if you win. It's a it's a big deal, and they made it not a big deal. And they also, with the nominations, made it a joke, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously a little biased because we watch these guys play for 162. But Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, Luis Guillorme, and Brendan Nimmo all did not even get a nomination. There was a Met who did, and it was Tomas Nito at the catcher position, but I think you could ask any Mets fan, and they would probably realize that it was going to go to JT Real Muto. Yeah, he's not he's not a Gold Glover. Like, no offense, Nito's great. Like, yeah, very good back there. But I don't think anybody would confuse him for uh, the 
that's the best defensive catcher in baseball. Yeah. Um, Nito is very good. He's got a great arm. But I don't did he how it's did he, he didn't catch, you know, a hundred and that's whatever. The other thing, like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy that Nito got at least some sort yeah, of recognition. I think he deserves some recognition. But like for me, the fact that Juan Soto was a finalist, it throws <laughs> everything out the door. Like I love Juan Soto as a player. Not as a fielder. He's atrocious. I know. Atrocious. Oh he is an absolute liability in right field. I think I would take Castellanos over Soto. I think I would take Kyle Schwarber. Really? Possibly That's over an interesting Soto. Discussion, honestly. But for him to get a nomination as one of the best right fielders in the game defensively, then, then I'm out on everything. It, it makes everything, delegitimizes everything. Is that the right word? Delegitimize. Delegitimize. Unlegitimize. Delegitimize. Ill- Ill- illegal. I don't know. <laughs> Delegitimizes. Un- it illegitimizes. Illegitimizes <laughs> the award. I, now I'm out. It makes no, all of it. I think we nailed it. it. I think uh, it just, I can't look at any other thing. I agree. Without thinking about that. So. And I just, I think the way, you know, everything was announced and awarded was kind of just very lukewarm for something that i consider a very you know it goes on everyone's That's a big deal a it's gold a glove deal. it's so yeah. it's a it's rookie of the year mvp all stars how many gold gloves do you have and we talk guys, about it with keith hernandez yeah, all the time exactly and it's it's one of those things where you're like oh you see keith hernandez you're like that guy is a great defender um and when someone asks you why you say well he has nine gold gloves yeah yeah you don't you know, pull up his we fielding about metrics Eric Chavez, and he yeah. won six consecutive gold gloves at third base. Yes, he did. Like, these are real – that's a big deal. And then they make a mockery of it. So the second baseman that won was Brendan Rodgers over McNeil, who didn't get a nom. Didn't know he had a good year. Apparently he did. Dansby got it at short. Not really surprising there. We saw how good Trent Grisham was who in the, center field. Who were the shortstop finalists? Let's find that out. I know Swanson won. I can pull yeah, that Yeah, Swanson really won, quick. and he deserved it. You, there was talk yeah. of him. I think even Miguel Rojas had the like the fewest errors, but again, not a gold glove. Like when you see it, you don't. Uh, when I see a gold glove shortstop, I'm thinking Ozzie Smith. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, the amazing plays at shortstop. Miggy Rojas doesn't do that. Dansby does. Yeah, Dansby's capable. Francis Calendor very capable. National League shortstop nominations were Miguel Rojas, Dansby Swanson, and Hassan Kim, who was also pretty good. Very in that good, series, yeah. So. But I, the fact that again, Lindor, Lindor didn't even get a nod. He deserved it last year, crazy, and didn't get it, and he didn't even get nominated this year. This is wild. And we were ecstatic when we found out they were adding the utility position to the Gold like, Glove, and we didn't even get a nomination there. Goes to Brendan Donovan on the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. the The award to me needs some adjustment and how they they deployed it how they they it just makes me mad because i love the gold glove award yeah uh, i'm jealous of every pitcher that gets to wear that max freed one is second consecutive or I third so second or third yeah let's find out and he you know another guy very, that was definitely very deserving. deserving ranger suarez last night oh he didn't win max freed did win it's not updated on his baseball reference then uh, that would max. be his third in a row yeah wow uh, Ranger Suarez made uh, a couple <sighs> of plays. He's very good He's so defensively. Cool. Ranger. So cool. Uh, yeah, these are the guys you think of. DeGrom wants a gold glove very bad. Yeah. Um, Dallas Keuchel, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. it was, oh, shit. We got a visit from Tech Dan. 
I like Dan. He has a uh, an NFL hat. Yeah, just like you know the Rob Lowe picture. Of the him Rob Lowe, he wears the NFL hat. Do you know why? Why I talked to him. His grandfather was a ref in the really? NFL. And that's one he wore during. Uh, so that his hat playing. is like old. Multiple Super Bowls. Uh, very cool. He's like, oh, it's my. I made. I was like, oh, the Rob Lowe of the NFL. It's like, hey, welcome. <laughs> and he goes, it's my grandpa's. I'm like, sorry, I'm a dick. <laughs> Uh, super cool though. Very cool. I think some listeners probably thought that you were talking to Rob Lowe at first and now they got some clarification that you were yeah. talking to Dan. We could pretend that you were talking to Rob Lowe. I would ask him uh, his skincare regime. Yeah. Like, what do you do? How do you look like you're, you know, 28 for Wait the last man. 40 years? All right. Rob Lowe age guess. 63. Jack? 54. 58. Right in the middle. Hey, you win though, because it's Price is Right rules uh, closest to without going over. Nicely done, Jack. But nicely he looks done. incredible. Yeah, he looks great. Anyway, I don't know how we got. Let's there. move along. Silver Sluggers. The Mets didn't get snubbed here, even though there's about eight nominations for each position. Yeah, don't weird. know what's going on there. Uh, Alonzo gets nominated at first alongside Goldschmidt, Freeman, Walker, and Olson. I think he's got a pretty good shot no, he there. Doesn't. You don't think so, Goldie? Goldie, all the way. Yep. I think McNeil should win at second against Cronenworth, Cattell Marte, Colton Wong, and Brendan Rogers, right? I feel like that's that's easy. Batting champion. Should yeah. absolutely win a silver slugger. I mean, you, you're the batting champion, the best hitter in both leagues as far as average goes. You'd think that you'd get some recognition. That's, you know, if there were a gold slugger, but it doesn't sound as cool as silver slugger. Yeah, I know. Also a really cool trophy for a pitcher to get. Silver Slugger? Yeah. yeah. I remember when uh, when uh, Steven Strasburg got his. He kept it around a long time, would carry it around. It was really cool. DeGrom never won one. Damn. No. That's tough. Steven uh, Matz didn't win one either, right? Yeah, I think it, Matz had a really – he bad like 250 one year or something. <laughs> that was crazy. That was his first year. Um, so McNeil's nominated there. He's also nominated at Utility. He could probably win that. Lindor does get the nod at shortstop alongside Swanson, Trey Turner, and Willie Adamas. That's going to be – tough i think and then brandon nimmo and starling Marte got an outfield nod among like 11 other guys so we'll see if they come away with that yeah man uh a very cool award again it's just a cool trophy yeah the gold glove is super cool the silver slugger is just a silver bat like it looks you put that on your in your trophy case or whatever and you're like that's that's pretty badass it's pretty badass what else we got? Uh, City Field is moving right field in 15 to 20 feet. Don't know if you heard about this. I did. The Speakeasy Club. I, I'm actually really excited I'm about it. Excited so the, that's right next to where the bullpen is. And yeah. we could see into that thing when you're in the bullpen. Mm. You know, I remember running into um, Baba Bowie, the Howard Stern producer, in there all the time. And I'd be like, a big fan. <laughs> uh, he probably didn't know who I was. He's like, why is, is he waving hey, at is me? This is a fan. Um, but I loved the fact that you could like interact a little bit there. Yeah. The, the, there's a barrier, but now it's like even cooler. Yeah. They're gonna put in like couch seating, like loungy chairs, and it's a membership based program. I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. I would love at some point to do a show from there or yeah. at least uh, go visit. Maybe shout out to Amtrak possibly putting us in those hey guys. seats. Hey guys, remember us? Hey guys. Uh, yeah, that would be fun, man. <laughs> I, I love City Field. I like that they're doing upgrading, yeah. updating the, the, the ballpark, uh, bringing it, you know, things that don't work or changing certain things out. I think that area had run its course. I think so too. And now it, it gets a like a speakeasy. That's yeah. I mean one of the coolest things about 
uh, New York City is like when you get into like a fun club where you have to like walk through a laundromat yeah. and then it's in the back. You're like, what is happening? It's very cool. Do you know of speakeasy clubs in New York, Jerry? Um, Get the deeds? Yes. Are you allowed to but share But there's them? a couple of places. Okay. There's a couple of places that are known for that. Okay. Um, Beauty in Essex is a restaurant that you go through. I think it's a pawn shop. Oh. Um, you, can, you can set reservations like in your phone or whatever and go pretty cool. Uh, very good food. Shout out to Beauty and Essex. You want to sponsor as well. Sponsor, hey guys. Um, but that's a cool thing. You go in, it's like a pawn shop, and then they're like, right this way, and you go behind the counter, and you're in there. That's and then funny. La Esquina La is Esquina. Um, like a taco shop that if you go to the right one, and you're on the list, which is kind of exclusive, they'll take you. Are you on the list? Uh, I can get put on the list. <laughs> okay. But okay. you can, you literally get escorted down. You go under behind, and you you end up in this huge restaurant. Damn. It's really cool. That's pretty freaking sick. My wife, my wife, no, I don't think my wife went, but we went, I think when I was with the Nationals and like Jay-Z and Beyonce were like four tables over. It was really cool. And they were like, oh my God, that's Jerry Blevins. Yeah. And I mean, there's not much other news outside of that stuff. Uh, Your, your favorite Mets reporter, Mike Puma. uh, That's my guy. That's your guy. uh, Hinted that Justin Turner, who we bumped into at an airport, does not hate the idea of a Mets reunion. I don't know where he would fit or if the Mets would even be interested. Thought it was interesting though. Yeah, I mean he uh it didn't alienate that as a possibility. The yeah. the Dodgers, I believe, have a an option, a team option on I him. I think so. so I think he that hasn't was, heard anything. Is yeah, what he said. But he raked the last like two months of the season, yeah. like three forty or something. I think we looked we talked about it on the live stream in last night's World Series here. But Yeah, he has a sixteen million dollar team option. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think he's worth them. Yeah, so that's pretty much the Mets roundup of news we got here. But we do have some fun questions from the Shea Station Faithful. Shea Station Faithful fan Baby. questions. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Yeah, really. We're gonna give you guys some love, some shout-outs. Jerry, let me know if you see any on. I'm gonna Twitter look up my. Like you, you go first. Yeah, I'll give you one first. We'll go back and forth. I like that. I'll pull from the Instagram crowd. Let's see. So this one I, I want to ask because, you know, this is a guy you're, you're close with and Mets fans are probably wondering about, you know, his whereabouts and how he's doing. It's from RJ Schmidt 18 on Instagram. Could we picture the Mets signing Michael Conforto in the offseason? I could see it. I mean, the Mets fans were pretty rough on him. He had a really rough season, yeah. his platform year, and then like just a heartbreaker of missing an entire year. I think there's enough time removed and we still – the Mets still need a left-handed power bat. They do to to help. I mean, we talk Kyle Schwarber all the time. How good would would vintage Conforto fit behind Pete Alonso? Um, maybe a one-year make-good deal yeah. um, with a team option. One of those kinds More of things. More visitors. Uh, I could see it very much so happening um, where they they sign him to a, a very team-friendly deal. Um, I'm interested to see how his market shapes up yeah. if he looks healthy he's gonna have a workout that kind of thing so yeah the outfield market is is pretty interesting we just gotta <laughs> somebody, what they... people so i told jerry i told you this at the top of the show i think before we went live that people um fiend over ref guests when it's yeah. ref guest day <laughs> and they are starting to get antsy outside the door uh slipping us pieces is that of paper Kenobio, probably? that's bbd yeah they're all fiending BBD. um yeah i mean the outfield market is a little bit Kind of up in the air, not a ton of really interesting guys. And I think Conforto is probably the biggest like X factor there because 
this time last year, we were thinking maybe he gets a five to six year deal somewhere, yeah. you know, entering his prime. Now, I think that one year deal you mentioned is like much, much more realistic because he does kind of have to prove it, himself again. He He's going to be 30. He doesn't have... Um an attachment of a, a draft pick anymore. Right. So he's, he's out there. Uh, and I would be, I would target him. Like if I were like the Rangers looking for some, some help from the left side to, to go along with some of their guys, yeah. he's young. You're going to get him for cheaper than what he would have gotten. Uh, and I like, I still think he's premier. I really do. And that might be my complete bias because he's a friend. Sure. I love what he brings to the table. But, uh, yeah, man, I could see him signing back with the Mets. I definitely think he'll be somewhere in baseball. I think it would be very, very peculiar to see him out for a considerable amount of time again. But if it's with the Mets, I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I think there would have to be more done around that. But definitely something interesting to think about because he's got the connects. What do you got, Jerry? Uh, Okay, so who is the most exciting prospects we could see next year? She's not talking about... Uh, Vientos Beatty Al or he that's Joe Toscano. Uh, Vientos Beatty Alvarez and no, no one we've already seen like Plummer. Mm, I don't know those, that. Yeah. It's exciting for me to hear a couple of names um, to look for for the future. So does um, Ronnie Mauricio kind of count mm. as one of those guys? Uh, could we see him because he's kind of starting to age into put up or it's shut up, up kind there. of prospect yeah. so so it, it's interesting because a lot of the guys that are near the top uh, our friend kevin parada you know still a little bit on the younger side alex ramirez still down there at single a plus um ronnie mauricio is the one that is closest to the top of the chain right now and he's kind of been hovering for quite a while and you know we recently heard a report that the mets are aggressively engaging in trade talks with other teams already and if you're thinking of major league ready pieces that don't have any of you know their value depreciated from that time. It's Ronnie Mauricio. Vientos got some time. Beatty got some time. Mauricio is a six-three hulking shortstop. I think of O'Neill Cruz when I look at him. Sometimes O'Neill Cruz is a little bit bigger, but he fills that kind of profile. And the big issue for him has been a lot of strikeouts and not a lot of walks. It was on base has been bad, but his slugging has been consistently good. And last year at Double A, he slugged four seventy-two. Uh, as a shortstop, hit 26 home runs. He's kind of had an issue finding a place in the field and finding consistent playing time at, uh, at the plate. Um, but I think he is getting to that point because let's see how old he is now. If I can find that really quickly, maybe not. But the point is he's been in the Mets system for four years now. And I think that if the Mets are not going to try him out next year, that is something they're going to have to think about trade-wise. So I think my answer to that question, the most likely one is the one you named uh, Ronnie Mauricio for sure. That would be the big name. Is there somebody that's a wild card that you you've known mm. that maybe I haven't heard of? Because I'm not a I'm not a prospect guy. Sure, sure, sure. Um, one guy pitching in the AFL right now, if I'm recalling correctly. Yes, Mike Vassell. I hope I'm saying that right. Vassil, maybe. Uh, he pitched for the Cyclones last year. He's one of our favorite pitching clones. Yeah. So that we're not going to see him next year. Well. He's making considerable progress. He jumped up three levels last year. So he's on that kind of trajectory of like an early call-up kind of guy. Him and Calvin Ziegler, I think, are the two guys that the Mets are really, really excited Ziegler, about. Is it Ziegler or Ziegler? He has the E there, so it might be Ziegler. Well, I played with Brad Ziegler's, oh, which yeah. is, but there is Ziegler. That guy's a legend. Could um, be Ziegler, could be Ziegler. I got to brush up as well on my prospects because a lot of the ones I'd been focusing on all got called up, so they're not prospects anymore. But yeah, I think... Those two guys, especially Mauricio, are ones that you definitely want to going to keep your tab on for sure. Yeah, so Mauricio for me is is the guy that you could potentially see. I think he becomes a trade piece. Yeah, 
because uh, he's got such potential. Shout out to Andre Jimenez for his gold glove. Actually yeah. earned it. Um, Bittersweet. Yeah, uh, Rosario. How about this? He's a free agent. Ahmed, our young Ahmed Rosario. Is he really? Yeah, is a free agent. They no have way. some questions to make. But, uh, you know, those guys, it, they're hard to come by, but the Mets have done a really good job of that middle infield um, prospect, you know, building up. So uh, Ahmed Rosario will hit free agency next year. What? He's ARB eligible this year. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, mm, okay. I believe you. Okay, thanks. I'm glad, glad to know you believe me. I believe you. All right, let me run one by you now. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. I'm going to avoid Aaron Judge-related questions because there are a lot of them. I don't think Judge is a, is a, a fit for the New York Mets. That's just how I feel. I think that, you know, I would welcome it and they'd make I mean, it if work. He, if he comes in place for the New York Mets, obviously he's going to make your team better. Yeah, but, but I don't think it fits. I Because, like, that means you're ruling out Nimmo and that, that's a whole other discussion. But Judge over Nimmo is, you know. Anyway, I like this one for you. This is a Jerry-specific question. Jerry's favorite coach in his professional career. Oh, man. Kind of a tough question. That is a tough one. Because you've had a lot of them favorite coach not manager i'll let you go whatever way you want to go with it um because i know you're gonna say melvin if it's manager melvin's my guy yeah uh melvin's my favorite manager there's right. a million reasons why uh but coach so they again those, those are different mm-hmm. um shout out to all the great coaches for development there's one that i talked about last night we after the stream we went and uh, shared a beer nice. we were just chatting about like just one paths. beer it was me story alley the legend um and James Smythe, the researcher, Yes Network. I don't think Jake ever sleeps. I mean, does every Andy stream looks that good? Goes out every night. Crazy. Uh, so we were just chatting about paths and and how we got to to where we are. Just doing some some fun chat, and we talked about um, the fact that at one point I was the Cubs dropped me down submarine. David Rosario was a pitching coach, um, Puerto Rican legend. Mm. He was my my um, l- or short season pitching coach. And he came up to me. He's like, "What are you doing?" Because uh, I would get ahead, and I was terrible submarine, and then I would like try to strike a guy out. Sure. And I would throw like ninety three over the top, ninety two. And he's like, "What are you doing? Why are you not doing this the whole way?" I was like, "I didn't know I was allowed." <laughs> he goes, "This is your career." Yeah. He goes, "Is this how you're going to get released if you pitch like that? Because you're not going to get anybody out in low A, let alone the big leagues. Go back over the top. Give it like if you want to try, try." He goes, you don't want to have any regrets. And that what that changed my focus, allowed me to take hold of my own career, and he really propelled me. So shout out to David Rosario. I don't really have a favorite But I like that coach, story. But yeah, I don't have a favorite coach, but there's a million guys along the line that made really impactful moments for me. And and that was the one we talked about last night. So how young were you when he told you that? You're like a kid, right? So that was oh six. Uh, so 23, Damn. yep, 23. Yeah. And that, that was the, so from that point that was, I was submarine. I was in a short season, went back over the top four weeks there of, I think I gave up no runs launched up to double a because I was 23, three weeks there, four weeks there, gave up one run, three months of winter ball in Columbia. The next year went high, a double a traded double a triple a big leagues. Like I, it was like from, you're about to get released too fast tracked because of a multitude of things along the way but one big one was that conversation that i had where i was like this is my career in 10 years when i think about the possibilities i don't want to ever think about 
why didn't I? You know, right. you you understand that all these coaches and front office people know a lot about the game, but they don't know everything. Right. There is there is um, points to where they make a suggestion that doesn't work, and they're not the end all be all. Ultimately, it's your career. Do what you want to do. That way, you don't have any regrets. Obviously, you want to listen to people that have knowledge, but the decision as a professional relies on you. And that was the first time where, you know, you're a kid. Your coaches are the end all be all. You have to follow the rules. You have to follow what they say, their suggestions. Otherwise, you don't play. Right. Well, when you're a professional, that doesn't. You can't just change your your thought process like that. Or at least I didn't understand the difference. And so. That was a moment. I like that. All See, right. we got a pretty good answer. That, that so was, I'm not afraid to talk too much. No, I so. like that. That came from Mets Gurley on Instagram. Great tag. There you go. Thank you. Um, team she roots for. So Jeremy Stacy asks uh, on Twitter that one punk eighty seven is his. Uh, I like that. Is uh, is his Twitter <laughs> handle? Uh, what are the odds that we keep Degrom, Diaz, and Nemo? Oh, odds. I don't know the odds. I'm not a the gambler, but I do think that they either keep all three and go for it mm. or they like DeGrom's the wild card because he's going to if he if he wants to come back he will come back yeah uh, but he'll have plenty of suitors and he can find he can choose different places on based on his own preference and that of his family um, but I think there's a, a legitimate shot at all three of them returning and being in a Mets uniform next year because they all fit and they're all very, very good at their job. Yeah, Nimmo is incredible. Center fielder, leadoff hitter. You're going to have to replace him anyway, and he's the best option at doing so unless you go trade. And then you have Edwin Diaz, who's the best closer in the game at a young age. His free agency is going to be out there. We have the pockets, uh, the purse to, to pay him what he's deserving, what he's going to get out right. there. And then DeGrom is – the reason I think they, they go after DeGrom is not only because he's – potentially on Mount Rushmore of Mets players, but because they already did it with Max Scherzer. Yeah. And if they don't get – Scherzer's going to push for competing or trade me. Yes. Because he's got two years left and he wants to win. And if they don't go all in, I imagine that was part of the selling piece is we're going to continue to try to build uh, a contending team. And if you go after – the best pitcher on the planet or you don't then then i don't understand what you're trying to do so i'm actually that's something i actually haven't thought about until you just brought it up right now because yeah i mean scherzer has those two years left and you think of guys like canna and escobar and all those guys that were signed to two-year deals Marte was four but you know still the immediate future of the team like do you pack it in and try and you know stick to a long-term plan, or do you go for it again? And I think that's that's very telling of what the Mets will operate during this offseason. I'm going to say it's probably – it feels like a 50-50, honestly. It feels like Nimmo – Nimmo feels like the lock, in my opinion, because I don't think they go big fishing for Judge. And if they do, I think they go big fishing elsewhere. And Nimmo is just such a core part of your lineup that is very much, like you said, irreplaceable and like – a guy like DeGrom and Diaz, they're not replaceable either, but I mean, the Mets could go different avenues, cheaper avenues, trade and stuff like <laughs> that. But like, I think, I think it's very clear cut 50, 50 and they're going to make a push for all three. I don't think it's going to be a, a will pond situation where there's not even a phone call. We've, we've talked about their approach possibilities, what they want to do. It's basically like, do we look longer term or do we do a little bit of both? But I think they, you know, again, with Scherzer, 
he's going to want them to do something. I'm yes. sure there are promises and assurances made that during this three-year contract, we're going to do everything we can. And his opinion is going to carry weight. To me, yeah. the lock is, the the number one is Diaz because there's nothing out there. Yeah. Because Cleveland's not going to let him go. Mm. Like, let Classe go. No. So that's the only other guy that's similar like that guy level. yeah and diaz is the number one and he's in new york i'm i'm there's a lot of positives for him to return so if it's a it's a fair value offer that they make him i think there's a good chance so to me he's the he's the easiest one and then degrom's the wild card yeah degrom is the wild card that yeah. really is it but i i don't think it's impossible i just think it's you're you're fifty fifty. I'm fifty fifty. I'm like I don't see sixty five thirty five that they sign all three guys. Okay, that, I think as of today the second, what is what's the sixth of what is it? The second of November. Second of November. Mine's November. off. I gotta switch my watch. Does you, does your watch have the date on it? It does in the bottom. Nice. Mine doesn't. Um, yeah. what else we got here? Is it your turn? Yeah, yeah it's your I th- turn. I think it's my turn. We'll what do. A, what? How's it, how are we looking on time? Are you freezing? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's I got just a full blanket. blanket. <laughs> uh, we're we're at about like thirty three minutes right you now. Do one oh, okay. more each? Let's do one more each. Sweet. Right. I'm gonna scour. Give okay. us, we can edit this out, but I'm gonna look for a really. Jerry's good one. got the Twitter crowd. I got the IG crowd. Let me find the best of the best here. Let me find the best of the best. Got a lot of good questions, guys. It's really okay. tough when you stuff here, the Here's inbox. one. I gotta like you this got is one? a this is a bullpen. So even if the Mets extend Edwin Diaz, their 2023 bullpen is a shell of what it is with what it was this year. Yeah. Do you think they really they rely mainly on the trade market or free agent market, or perhaps even look in house to an extent to fill mm. those pen spots? That's a good question. They definitely are free agent trade market guys because you can't fill in the back end of a bullpen with a bunch of unproven guys yeah. in house. Like it just isn't. A winning formula you're gonna have some guys show up probably that decide to be a back end of the bullpen guys but you have to supplement the talent that you have with on the free agent market because you're not the the tampa bay rays who have an endless supply of of arms like that right um so you're going to need to go out on the free agent market uh, and and get some big back of the bullpen kind of arms and if it's not diaz it's thin it's Kenley Jansen, maybe. Uh, we saw a little bit of Taylor Rogers in Milwaukee. David Robertson, who's going to be 38 next year. Like it, it is kind of. It's a little bit Diaz or bust, and then you can kind of look back elsewhere. End, and then you you could go Kenley eighth inning. I don't know. I don't know what you do because I uh, even if you bring back Ottavino, does he have that kind of year again? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I imagine he wants to come back. He's a New York guy. Yeah. Um, him and his wife live here still, I believe. Nice. Um, Jerry scoops a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's pretty known when he yeah, was with the Yankees that, that he got to stay, stick around. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know if you you can look to only your guys like Trevor May. Yeah. Um, it's an option, but uh, I think he might go go elsewhere. Our guy Lugo. Andrew Chafin is going to hit the market again. Chafin, that's right. How did he do this year? year with Detroit? He had a pretty good year. I think his team, you know, didn't do great in spite of that. But he has a player option right now that I think he could probably get a raise on. He had sixty four games and a two point eight three ERA and a one point one seven WHIP. Yeah, I mean, just a very solid year again, yeah. Chafin. And they, you know, the Mets could use another lefty. 
That'd be an interesting target. I think the the middle relief market is is decently stacked. There's Good. a lot of options. So it's, that's, it's just that top. Yeah, part. it's Diaz and then everybody else. Yes, so. I agree. So I mean, that's I mean, the more you talk about Diaz being in the lock, the more I believe it. Just because if they don't get Diaz, who is closing for the Mets next year? And it's it's a closer by committee. Yeah, you know, and like hot hand, and that's never fun. And even if it does end up working out, fans aren't going to be you know feeling good about it because they just watched the season that Edwin Diaz had. And yeah. that's hard and to it replicate. Feels very. This feels like Diaz is the guy yeah. moving for the next few years. You know, whatever. Well, he's gonna get a. He's gonna get some years. Yeah, I, I imagine a five-year, hundred million. All right, last question of the episode, and I think it kind of bleeds back into our conversation about. Wait, wait, let me. Uh, who, you got one more. I just no. I want to. Oh, you're gonna give a shout out. Uh, Anthony Shoreling. Oh, nice. Uh, that's who it was. Sorry. Shout Funny out mind. to A. Shorling 34. Thanks, Ant. Appreciate it. Oh, I yeah, just Ant. lost my question. Whoops. Okay, here it is. It's from Matt Hoyt 1. And I it, I think it bleeds back into the, the five-year plan versus go for it again question. Does that plan change? If you are Steve Cohen, let's let's presume that we are both Steve Cohen Hold for on, a let second. Me embody. Channel, channel. Okay, get, I feel very, very wealthy now. Get the purse that you mentioned before. My yacht the table. is... Uh, in my yeah, yeah my, my yacht is my, the keys to my yacht perfect Put that on the i table. don't touch the keys it's my rolls my, royce keys are there captain <laughs> all right if we are steve cohen and we make a lot of money do you feel the pressure to win immediately if the phillies win the world series uh no but as a mets fan which we talked about a diehard mets fan yeah uh, he definitely doesn't enjoy the fact that the Phillies won. So that's kind of Especially what my with, is. Yeah, so yeah. he's – but again, he understands that you can't just throw money at everything and, and make it all happen. It's, yeah. it's, he understands there's a process, which is why he's – they're courting David Stearns, why he brought in Epler, why Buck Showalter is here, because these are baseball minds creating an organization of continued success – and so while it does, he might give a phone call to Epler and be like, you're going to see that? You're going to let the <laughs> Phillies who are that close to us do this? Uh, I, I expect you to, to do better. Uh, I can see that as a motivation for sure. I think, I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, I think the fact that the Mets whooped the Phillies all year has to bother him a little bit. You went fourteen and five against this team, and then they ducked oh, you. Fourteen and five. Fourteen and five, <laughs> and they ducked you in the playoffs and beat everybody else. Uh, and the other thing is, it's not just the Phillies, but now you'll have the Nationals, the Braves, and the Phillies all in the last three full seasons taking down the Astros and bringing a chip to the NL East. Um, I don't. I agree. I, you don't want an angel scenario where you start throwing money every single year, these massive contracts to Rendon and Pujols and all these guys to try and get a quick fix to a larger problem. But at the same time, the Mets don't have that larger problem. I think the foundation of this team is still very, very good. And if you want to immediately supplement it with what is a very good free agent class, that is an avenue he can go down. Um, but they, I keep hearing about this three to five year plan and long term and system. So it's tough. This is a, this is a point of crossroads for the Mets. It really is. I like the idea of the three to five year. This is our window. I think the window is now thirty to fifty years of competitive <laughs> yeah. baseball is what he wants. He right. wants the sustained success of the New York Mets to be capable of winning a World Series at all times. The Dave Dombrowski approach of 
It's risky. Empty, empty the barrel to win. He's done a good job of it. Um, did it in in Detroit, and they came up short. And yeah. now look where they are. And they've been there for a while. They've, they're, and they're going to be there for a while. Yeah. That's a rough landscape. I there. will say it's partly on the team's fault too. They've made a, a handful of questionable decisions, but at the same time, Dombrowski I think set them back five years probably. Yeah, but they, you know, they. they went all in and they didn't win it. And so that is a world series or bust approach, which, you know, he did it in, uh, in Boston and won. Yeah. I think he did it in the, with Miami. Was he a Marlins guy? Let me check it out. I think he was a Marlins. One other team. I don't, uh, he, he, the expos he was with, I want to say he was a Marlins when they won it. Yeah. Marlins 1991 to 2001. The expansion. Yeah. So, that's hard to do and it's really tough on your fan base because there's a huge reset i don't think that's in stevie cohen's ideas of what we do i think they're developing an astros approach where they want to develop guys that that play good baseball yeah and that's how you really have continued success the raise way is you learn how to develop players that can really contribute at a high level and then you can add these amazing free agent pieces two three one at a time to take your team that's always here and every time you have a window or the right guy to pop that up so i think that's the approach that they're taking but again this is a weird year for them McNeil's getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a long contract with Lindor, which I, I love, but they, you know, you you got to, I think Pete Alonso's a guy you have to lock up. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like, who are, who are your guys? It's Frankie Alvarez coming up. It's Beatty Vientos possibilities. And then you don't, you don't know what you have yet. Yeah. And they're not necessarily the Steve Cohen guys that are there yet i think you you're gonna see that in the next couple of years be their guys yeah i which i'm excited for because i think the kevin parada class is really you know the first inkling of this we'll regime see. yeah I mean, again, we'll see they're all they're all prospects yeah. but uh it seems like a promising future yeah i definitely agree alonzo i mean you just need to feel some sort of stability and right now like think about think about the people that'll be here in five years and there's only one name there so you know it's something to think about but I definitely think that the Phillies doing all this winning has to be on his mind. At it least definitely irks him. I guarantee yeah. because that's all I the need. Mets are better yeah. than the Phillies. And I think but a team that's built on the backs of home runs when they're hot like that and they have good starting pitching. That's what I want to learn. And their bullpen has been incredible. Get me a guy that can hit a dong. <laughs> get, me a, get me a Jock Peterson. Get me somebody that can Again, crush Jock a baseball. Peterson two years ago. He, he had, had a, a good, good year, year but he he was deployed solely as a uh, you know Mets can do that resting a guy not great in the outfield one forty four OPS plus twenty three home runs yeah, last year that's great it's a banger twenty three though Dude, we, need a, we need a forty games. we need a Schwarber yeah we, we need, need a well, Conforto if only a guy like Schwarber was available yeah. <laughs> all right it always comes back that's there. a good way that's a good episode right there. You got anything else? No, I thank you guys for the questions. We are going to continue to bring great content. Um, we'll have future structured episodes where we'll lay out what you guys are gonna gonna get coming forward. We're gonna yeah. start having guests once that World um, Series ends. That's yeah, when things that's kick when in the, the gear. That's when the true off season kicks in. Yep. Um, but I do want to shout out to Ref Guess. If you're a baseball reference lifer, deep in there, Ref Guess is an awesome again an awesome game content. 
which I'm about to play Jersey for the first time. It. It's exciting. Uh, check it out. It's super fun. I think that show is going to be a big thing. So, uh, For those who don't know, it's if on I were buying, JM Baseball. That's where it is. If I were buying stock in a show. Buying stock in Ref Guess. I'm a Ref Guess buy. Well, there's exciting news that I can't tell you yet, but I can tell you off the air. Okay. And they'll awesome. find out soon. Guys, thank you for listening. Let's go Mets. We'll see you next week. LFGM. Have fun. Don't sweat the Phillies winning the World Series. It's not the end of the world. 14 and 5. That's crazy. So many wins.